Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with goals. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and in the studio this week, I'm joined by Clive Petty, Julian Lawrence, and the very excellent Tony Cascarino. Coming up, we'll be talking QPR, Swansea, protectionism, all that good stuff, and your favorite quick hits as well. But first, let's start at Anfield. Mignolet save. Costa! Chelsea lead from 1-0 down to 2-1 up. It's his 10th goal of the season. Okay, Clive, I'm going to start with you because you're not a Liverpool fan and you're not a Chelsea fan. So I think you have this wonderful equidistance here. In midweek, Brendan Rodgers made the choices that he made and the, the general impression was that he'd be vindicated at the weekend. Was he? No, I don't think he was. There was there's still something fundamentally lacking in that Liverpool team. And I don't think he was ever... And I mean, unless they really did take the game to Chelsea and dominate it. I don't think he was ever going to be vindicated. I'm not sure there was ever an excuse for putting out that side in midweek anyway, so I don't think it was going to work. And I think they were showing up against Chelsea for, you know, they were physically and tactically. I don't think he uh, justified his decision at all in midweek. But those first 15, 20 minutes even, even after the goal, Liverpool looked pretty good, didn't they? Um, I I thought they were okay, but I think there there were signs in the first few minutes of the game where Eddie Nazar just got on the ball, turned and went ghosted past Steven Gerrard um, that you knew even if it went 1-0 down, I, I felt they got too much for him and I thought there was a lot of respect given by Brendan Rodgers' team from the bench as well of the way Chelsea was set up and I, if you take last year's game where Liverpool lost it but there were periods where Liverpool did hurt Chelsea and they, you know, they, they took the game to them there was a bit of a fear element I thought Chelsea, they just ended up being a machine what they, they totally are and every I think every position on the pitch they were stronger in from the full backs to centre halves and okay a big penalty decision that could easily been it should have been a penalty we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah. Julian Mourinho's hardly rotated this year it's the same dude some of those guys aren't that young and mm. he made the point that his team are more willing to, to sacrifice themselves physically and that's why they can basically out muscle guys and you know, Cahill and Ramirez play injured and they're carrying knocks, so it doesn't matter. Do you buy this? It, it feels they're more resilient than ever. I mean, Diego Costa has played injured as well yeah. in some big games. Fabregas was apparently injured on Saturday as well. And 
and all of that. They seem that he's, you know, he manages to get so much of the best out of all of them that even if they feel the hamstring is a bit tight, if the groin is a bit, you know, has a problem, they still want to play for that team. And and I mean, collectively, I don't think even even in the first Mourinho era, even in the Invincibles, I don't think I've ever seen a team so strong collectively than they are, where everybody works for each other. I mean, the, 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 the Emirates angle is, is only because Fabregas is out of position. But apart from that little mistake that he made, I think collectively they look so strong. Probably only maybe Bayern Munich is stronger than them collectively, I feel, in Europe right now. It's just the Emirates goal is also because of the deflection and yeah. mm. Super Mario's run, which few people picked up on, which drew the defender away. But anyway, I just got to give him props. Yeah. He's been called back into the Italy <laughs> squad. And again, I don't think he I was, was terrible. I was waiting for it. It only took five minutes. But he wasn't. He wasn't. He, he, he wasn't. Terrible. What? I thought he yeah. put in quite a good shift. Yeah. On yeah. Set, yeah. Yeah. Despite the usual okay. haters. Um, anyway, <laughs> is this going to wear on Chelsea a little bit? So many minutes to the same guys. Obviously, they have the Champions League as well. You assume that maybe he'll take the last two Champions League group games off, I suppose, at, at this stage. But... Mm. But as a player, I mean, do you know what the most games you've played in a season was? And, and did well, I, one thing I, I do know: when you're playing football week in, week out, you're not coming off the bench. And when you're, you know, you're, you're starting, you're playing a lot of minutes. You're at your fittest. And I think there's so many players, and you look at other teams around the country where, when they're being a bit part player, you just lose that edge. And that edge is massive in sport, in any sport you look at. And football's no different. And I think because he gives them so many minutes and so much football, and physically they're they're strong, they're strong as hell. I don't think you you know you'd, you'd ever think you'd bully them, get the better of them. Will it take its toll? If it did, it'd be too late for everybody else by then anyway. Is there an alternative to? Because I'm rapidly falling in love with with, with Matic. I think it's just <laughs> I think everyone's fan. Well. They keep, but it's sort of like that thing of you know Costa and the going forward all the time. But what the job that guy does is quite remarkable. He just yeah. just goes about his business, knows what he's got to do, and does it fantastically. And I'm just wondering because he plays all the time and he's in, in an exhausting role. If something happened to him or they decide to well, stop there, him, Mikel. who steps yeah. in? <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> That's kind of unkind. <laughs> I actually think Mikel, when he's played, he's done really well. Yeah. I d- obviously, he's not Matic. He's not man. He's played really well. I've actually been surprised. He's a far better player in, in the last 18 months than he was before. Well, I always felt he was going nowhere in the game and just sitting and picking up the ball and do- taking the easy option. I think he's been better than that. The Gary Cahill handballer or handballs, can you explain this to me? I mean, we've all played to some level. It seems to me like you have this very tall man in, who just stands in the middle of the area. When the shot comes in, he just kind of leans into... Mm. The, the trajectory of the ball, hoping that it'll strike some part that is in his arm. <laughs> it, it just, it's weird because, I mean, I, he's a phenomenal defender, I, I think. I thought he was great last year. And, but he just looks so ungainly when he does that. It was it, odd that it happened, that he, did, he chose to do it twice. In, in the same Is this something you're taught? I mean, John Terry does it. John yeah. Terry does it quite John a lot. Terry does and it I wonder quite, if yeah, that, I'm just wondering, yeah, I was just going to take that. Yeah. And, and actually, training, that. they do some like stuff where they jump like yeah. if, you know, mm. if they were like fishing. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice like salmon. as well, when when Ivanovic gets on a one on one and it comes into the penalty box, he he defends with his hands behind his back. Yeah, no, no, no. you know, which is a weird thing to do as well. Which is weird too because he's got those little short arms yeah. too. His body's all out of proportion. <laughs> but no, but is is this something that you have you seen? It's not something that's common, man. I mean, what is common that how many times there's a block being made to a shot? Because whether it's John Terry, whether it's Kale, they're just they're in front of the ball yeah. so often that 
this is not a coincidence. This is something that they defend very well. And it, it just says, well, you know, it, again, we're going back to the attitude. They are prepared to you know, literally, literally throw themselves in front of the uh, okay, well, ball. Well, exactly like throwing your arm in front of the ball, which is what Cahill did. I mean, I'm assuming nobody wants to argue that that should not have been a penalty. No. No. Well, would a point have been fair? No. No. Not for me. I don't no. think so. No. No. All right, so you're Brendan, I, and I'm struck by this. In, in his program notes, he's, he, he wrote, he's like, I'm not going to give you excuses. I'm going to give you solutions. And then they asked him after the game what the solutions were. And he's like, well, the solution is to continue doing what we've been doing and work hard. And like, yeah, that's been working great. And Daniel Sturridge is coming back. And now all of a sudden it seems that, you know, Daniel Sturridge is, is Christ the Redeemer. Are you putting a little too much pressure on this guy? I mean, should he be sorting it without Sturridge? Um desperately need him there's no shadow of a doubt yeah but we're talking about with all due respect we're not about Daniel Sturridge here we're not talking about you know Lionel Messi I mean this is a poor guy who's had to cope with injuries and stuff I think Daniel and will do what most of Liverpool are doing as well he'll probably struggle <laughs> the great no he will <laughs> he will because no I, I mean that and look Brendan Rodgers is starting to sound like the Riddler from Batman. You know, it's really getting, you know, week in, week out. It's, uh, I, what I heard last week and what I'm hearing after the game or what you say in the programme notes, it doesn't add up to me. And his team, as a team, are not playing well. And I think Daniel's going to come into that team and find... And he'll be affected rather than lift Of course he'll be affected. He'll still do things he's very good at, but I think that, that he will not be to the solutions to a lot of their problems. I suppose the, the, I mean, the one game he's actually played, admittedly you have to take it as a pinch of salt because it was against Spurs, and we know where that goes. But when Sturridge, about the one time Sturridge and Balotelli were together, they played well. They, you know, they, they, they took Tottenham apart. I well, mean, if, like you said, that was against Spurs. Well, so. But even then, Spurs weren't that bad at the start <laughs> of the season. They have just progressively got worse. And so perhaps if they can find, if they can reproduce that, you know, the one time they've actually been together, it might help. But it's not going to happen. Instantly, I don't think. You know, they, it depends who they play against as well. I, I'm, I'm lost by Rogers. I mean, I, I'm a big fan, but a bit like what Kaz just said. After the Real Madrid game, he said, Lalana played really well, and you know, this game gives me headaches for my team selection for the weekends. And Lalana really stays decide. on the bench. And Lalana stays on the bench the whole game yeah. against Chelsea Ooh. when clearly you needed creativity. Clearly, Lalana seemed to be quite on good form, you know, with some momentum. He played well against Madrid, I thought. Why, why, aren't, why, why don't you put him on? That actually brings me to my point, is substitutions, because, I mean, I think it's a bit, yeah, when you go and you parse the substitutions and whatever, but this really didn't make any sense to me. You just equalized. Sorry, you've just gone down, 2-1 down. And your solution is to take off Emre Chan, who... You know, I, I, maybe he wasn't fully fit, although I don't see why this guy can't, wasn't fully fit when he played in midweek. And you bring on Joe Allen, and you take off Coutinho, and you bring in Borini. I didn't think Coutinho played that bad. He's no. got, he's got he, the he, burst of pace that could trouble the Chelsea yeah. midfield between the lines like he did. He can win a foul, time. yeah. yeah mm. exactly. Why do you put on Lambert and take off Balotelli? Exactly. And leaving <laughs> Well, because Balotelli's not putting in a shift and Lambert, <laughs> you know, now it. No, but why? But the, the, you might when well you're chasing the game? You're, you're chasing the game, you keep saying, Mario, I'll get Lambert alongside you. I'll change things around mm. that way. You know, just offer a different problem because as the game wore on, we knew there was only going to be one winner. Whether you lose 3-1 or 4-1 or 2-1, doesn't make any difference. At least try to, to not lose the game. And I know, again, they could have had that penalty and it could have changed you know, the result and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't look like Rodgers tried to win that game. I'm sorry. Final point on this. I'm correct in assuming that after what happened last season, he still has a lot of credit 
and the bank. Like, there's not an issue of him leaving us this season, is there? I disagree. Really? Maybe upstairs, but I don't think on the terraces. I think on the terraces it's slightly different, and that that can be an intimidating atmosphere for a lot of the players who come in. A lot of these players are unproven. A lot of his signings haven't come in. I can't think of any of these signings that have actually been a real revelation for them. No one has. Whether it's been Markovic, whether it's been Lalana, whether it's been Lovren, all these players who have come in have all done okay. I don't know. I just think it depends how far the regression is because yeah, uh, yeah. last season was such a step up, you know, from where it was. Well, seventh they finished eight. seventh. Yeah, two yeah, years, it looked like two that years prior for that. Yeah, exactly. If they finish seventh again this year. Do they start looking for a new manager? I just think he. You, you're they spent a lot of money I, to, I, to finish seventh again, haven't they? You know, I, that's 120 million pounds to go back yeah. to being seventh. Yeah, that's a question to be asked, there, isn't it? I just mm. had one little thing. When I joined Aston Villa, Graham Taylor, who they were at that time, said big club, which they were when I joined them in '90. He said, "Come with me." He said, "Come and look at the photos on the walls around the dressing rooms." And I looked at them all, and he went, "What do you notice about them?" He said, in black and white. No, no. no. Yeah. I said, what do you notice? And I, and I, I said, well, I don't really know. What, what do you mean? And, and I said, and I went, there's a lot of different players, like, from two years ago. Like, he said, yeah. He said, ten of them are gone. And that's like two years ago. He said, that's what happens at big clubs. People get sacked and people, chairman, managers, or whatever, players, go. I can't ever go away from thinking that these big decisions do happen when things go wrong, and they are clearly wrong at the moment. So he's trying to scare you then? I'm assuming, right? No, well, I was like, gone in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Looking gravitating out towards Swansea's left hand side again. Arsenal rocking at the moment. Montero's ball in. Gomez, 2 1. They've turned it around with two goals in three minutes. Bafi Gomez with his first in the Barclays Premier League. And after surrendering a 3-0 lead the other night, Arsenal have been hit late again. Swansea and Arsenal, it's another late collapse from Arsenal. We saw it in midweek, incredibly. I mean, I don't think who could ever conceive a team being 3-0 up and then uh, drawing 3-3 ever. Yes, <laughs> Tony Evans can. Yeah. Clive, you're laughing so I'm assuming you want to gloat about... It was, no, I always reserve judgment because Tottenham always play 24 hours later, so you sort of wait a bit and then another 48 hours after that. <laughs> Arsenal and Tottenham are becoming two sides of the same coin as far as I'm concerned at the moment. It's just there's a kind of lack of... Did it take the edge off the Spurs defeat, though? What, uh, Swansea? Yeah. Did it cheer you up a little bit? No, actually. Because, <laughs> no, actually, because at least Arsenal had sort of for parts of that game. I mean, they scored a... Fantastic goal with Sanchez. They still had a fantastic player on the pitch in Sanchez. Uh, it's only that they showed complete lack of um, sort of responsibility and thinking. We've got this game, and they they just carried on playing the way Arsenal play all the time. You watch Tottenham, and you just think, I have no idea what these guys are doing. I have no <laughs> idea what I don't think, and I don't think they did either. There's no sort of game plan involved in that. But going back to Arsenal, they just need to, you know, just some sort of football brain again I mean, it's like you know they've criticised Walcott in the past about not you know not being mentally and thinking football that's the same thing it seems to have spread throughout the Arsenal team they're 1-0 up they are the team to beat they should have you know, why would they were still trying to go forward and and trounce Swansea I've no idea was it a problem of, of, of going forward or is it just a problem of not 
very clever defending, which, which and, and all of a sudden Jefferson Montero turning into Garincha. But also it doesn't help when you're 4v4 at the back or mm-hmm. 5v4. Instead, you've got five or six players up front trying to score a second goal where you should close the game you down. You should be closing the game down. It's exactly what happened. There's something interesting about, you know, you can like or dislike Mourinho. Mourinho are training works at times with, with the team as in okay we're one nil up now we're going to close the game and they do actually drills on the training pitch about closing a game down so often Mikel comes on or someone and they just play a much more cautious way to just keep the, keep the result I know they got late goals against City and United so it always doesn't work but still the players are taught how to close the game down Wenger never does that training you know, Wenger never says to his player, stop going forwards. He didn't, he didn't do it against Anderlecht. He didn't do it against Swansea mm. on Sunday. Where him, the first one, should tell them, OK, now... Yeah, but, I mean, but, but Cass, this is what I don't understand, right? Especially if you're a teammate Arsenal, where you've got so many skillful players. You know, Mourinho calls it making the pitch big, right? You, mm. you, you, you pass the ball around, you invite pressure, you force Swansea... To, to, to press and then all of a sudden you have space in which to play behind and, and you can hurt them with Alexis Sanchez and Welbeck and, mm. and all your other attacking players. It just seems kind of obvious to me. And it's not like you're sacrificing skill. You're maintaining possession, moving the ball around, forcing them to chase you mm. and then striking. What's the problem? <laughs> well, everybody recognises it except for the manager, Stevie Bold. I, I don't, you know, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking... God, Welbeck's done fantastic for Sanchez's goal, hasn't he? He's done fa- it's boring, you're thinking, wow, that is just great play. Two players who look like they're going to get a lot of goals between them, Welbeck and Sanchez, up front. And then I see him, Callum Chambers, and I'm thinking, last year he was just in and out of the Southampton team this stage last year. He played games, and he's getting absolute roasted. And I felt sorry for the lad, because not only was he getting roasted, no one... Play the second, you know, Mourinho would go, Hazard, you've got to get in there. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to defend and help your fullback at times of trouble. And we've seen Giggs do it for United over the years. We've seen many teams do it. And yet, Arsenal, that never, ever seems to happen, even when they're in a great position in the game. Flamini's role is confusing to me because I just can't see how he's good enough to play that holding in front of the back four. He doesn't, he seems to be getting caught out more than, you know, just not. Robbing people, where you see so often a, a big, strong, old midfielder come through and win the ball, and it looks pretty simple. I don't see him do that often enough, Flamini. And when it's Gibbs, who's, who's solid defensively, it's not so much of an issue. Although, again, mm. do you see the foul he gave away? What I don't understand. Oh, absolutely. Well, what's he? Th- I, the dude's running with the ball. Gibbs is fast. You would have thought that a man running without the ball is going to run faster than a man running with the ball. Why does he need to foul him? Does he have so little faith, and do you think Mertesacker was going to go and? Like, well, there's always one. If you look at the Arsenal team, there's always one that will step up and make a, a mistake. Whether it's the fullback, whether it's the holding midfielder, whether it's the centre half, someone will step up and change the outcome of a game. All right. To be is, fair to Arsenal, if Koscielny had been there, would, would we all be ha- not having this conversation? Would it be a much better? Because I, I watched match of the day last night, and and, and I think it was um, your mate Keown. <laughs> talking about, well, Mertesacker's got to be organizing them, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if there's like a parallel universe where they, you know, central defenders go and decide to whatever whatever tactics the team should be playing defensively or whether they should be mm. taking their cues from the coaching staff. I would have presumed it was a ladder. But I'm assuming if I'm Mertesacker, I feel a lot better playing alongside Koscielny. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, but there's still a lack of leadership. Monreal, most definitely, yeah. And Monreal's not been terrible. Well, I mean, he's better as a center. Just, you think yeah, about he's it. He's not center back, though, is he? It cost Van Marlen left the club because... 
Mertesacker was much more happy playing with Koscielny. Koscielny felt confident. He, you know, there's nothing better to have a player alongside you feel good about. You feel confident that he's going to make you and understand your uh, the way you play the game. We're on Swansea here because I. It seems incredible to me that they're that they're fifth in the table. And <laughs> you're kind of Welsh. Yeah. Um, can you tell me how this Gary? It was just funny because. Remember, they, we thought Michael Laudrup was, well, we thought Brendan was a genius, and we thought Michael Laudrup was some kind of genius, and then obviously things went really, really badly with him. And now they just get this Gary Monk dude, and they're fifth in the table. It's, it's crazy. They had such a great start of the season, obviously, they took it off point, then they had that deeper form where they. When the referees lost. were after them. Yeah, yeah, Welsh. exactly. Because they're Welsh, yeah. And. <laughs> and but, you know, I look at Buffettin B. Gomez, who is he's a, he's a good guy. You know, he's sweet and he's got funny hair and all of that. He never scored in the Premier League. He never scored. He came on yesterday, and I promise, he came on and I said, he's going to score. I knew he would score. <laughs> and that, that, that header was, was brilliant. And for, you know, even to get Buffettini Gomez scoring goals like that, which he, he hardly scored with a header in France when he was How is that possible, given that he's the size of a building? Because I was wondering he, that. I not mean, that's saw him climb. I was just thought, that, that's not a big bloke. I mean, that's <laughs> not, not aiming for the target man well, in the I middle. I talked to you about yeah. him, haven't I? Yeah, from his yeah, Etienne said, days. Yeah. I, I saw him when he was a young kid coming through at St. Etienne. And I couldn't make up my mind about him, and whether yeah. I thought he was really good or just average. And he's a lot a of clubs, he was, he was. A lot of clubs were offered him, weren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. I mean, he's so big that when Boney, who's not a small man either, stands next to him, he looks like a, he looks like a child <laughs> next to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it's bizarre. So it is. Where where can they go? I think I think Monk deserves credit. I think you know they're, they're playing good football. They play a lot of possession. Playing Tom Carroll, for example. Yesterday was I, th- I thought he was he was good on the board. Sigurdsson is an incredible signing. How Spurs let him go is <laughs> baffling. Yeah, yeah. Tom Carroll baffling. as well. I mean, I've, you know, in the defence, th- th- I think correct me if I'm wrong. Tom Carroll was a QPR or whatever. It wasn't the knock on him that no, what? Yeah, no. Sorry, I was <laughs> wasn't <laughs> the no- agreeing with you. The knock on Tom Carroll that he's he's too lightweight, lightweight and childlike yes, exactly, yeah. to be playing in the Premier League. And, and Sigurdsson, you have a question of athleticism and movement. I mean, he obviously strikes the ball well, but he's not the most dynamic guy, right? No, but he can yeah. still do... You've got that around you. Remember, he's got good vision. He, you know, you yeah. give him the ball. He exactly. finds players fantastically. You know, there's the goal... Uh, well, you have Routledge and Dyer and Montero or uh, Montero. You have all these players with pace and athleticism. He can fit in and do... Oh, no, no, no question. Obviously, obviously, he worked well, but I'm saying is that's yeah. why it spurs... They felt that you know perhaps they were wise to cash in on him. I mean, but hindsight's always twenty twenty, yeah, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Yaya Toure clip through to Aguero, who's in behind QPR's defence. It's two two. Let's move on to Lofter Schroed. I think well, we've all criticised referees this week. It's hard to tell what's wrong. I don't know if we focus on Lee Mason more because he kind of looks funny. Or if he just makes more mistakes than other people, I, I I don't know. But we should give a little bit of praise. That Joe Hart goal kick. Mm. Okay, so Hart obviously screws up, and and the referee is obviously a bazillion miles away. But the assistant referee did the right thing, and I knew that they're supposed to do this and supposed to pay attention for stuff like this. <laughs> but this guy actually did. So yeah, I don't even know his name, but. Well done to faceless assistant. <laughs> no, because it was a huge call and it was correct, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It was. Spot on. Yeah. There were some people who would argue that all he actually did was, you know, know the rules and make a decision, which is yeah. kind of. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, kind of rule number one for uh, you being he, there in the first place. He, he, he also spotted the double touch, which yeah. I don't think from his angle, no, I don't think was it was good. that it was that yeah. easy. I was always shocked, and this includes me in this as well, that how many footballers don't know the rules of the game? No, the obvious ones, yeah, of course. But there's so many vague areas that we didn't know and would argue about. And Were you calling for an indirect free kick inside the box? No, I, I mean, when I saw it, I, I, I just about, I mean, I didn't, couldn't believe the, uh, you know, the, the linesman spotted it. It was so tiny. It was the smallest of touches. You have to say, well, you know, fair play to him. But I do think we have a real bigger issue. There's so many people within the game who play the game who don't know the laws. City, the, this slide continues. I think it's in their last six games. They, they've only won once, and, and that was against Manchester United. Was this City being bad or QPR being good? A bit of both, I think. Yeah. I, like, I like the way QPR have been playing, and I'm, I don't know what to say about City anymore. It's just, it's just so frustrating. Even if you're not a City fan, it's just so much talent on the pitch and, and so such a lack of creativity apart from Aguero who's obviously incredible but apart from that it's just it's yeah, just yeah, Torres so poor, pass to Aguero was pretty nice yeah yeah, but yeah, Torres should do so much more than just a pass to Aguero in 90 minutes whether he's not fully fit whether the, the, the World Cup's taken a toll where was he he doesn't want to be there anymore where but even when you play him higher on the pitch, it, it doesn't do enough for me I'm sorry a player of his quality should do much more than that A City just going to alternate title triumphs each season it's almost like well we, you know we won the title uh, we've won it now can't be asked next season and you know they, they threw yes. it away again they, they won it last season uh, we won it again I can't believe can't get themselves up I mean, but it's, it's becoming believe, but as you say a team with so much talent that should actually be they should be on you know at least some sort of parity with Chelsea because they, you know that squad and as you say all that uh, facility resources they've got to be that far behind in November it's just yeah. We're third in the table. Yeah. Right, but that's behind a team many, that you all describe points, as like the greatest ever. How many points behind those? I mean, they should be the greatest ever. But at this stage They're eight the points game, back. Last year they were six points back, and last year they won the title. Just being doing Six enough. points back behind whom at this point? 
a team we all said was going to fall off and, and right, surely but did. They were, I think they were sixth last year at this stage and six points back. So they were behind a whole bunch of teams, not just Arsenal. Mm, maybe. You talk about complacency, right? That, but actually, yeah, isn't it year two of week. the great Pellegrini experiment? So he's more familiar with the players. He's more familiar with mm. the league. They've had time to, 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 to build chemistry and teamwork and all this stuff and well, take uh, on his philosophy. Uh, it, I, I felt isn't stability f- supposed to be? Where's Richard Bevan? <laughs> Stability, stability. Well, if you go back a year, okay, they had Negredo firing goals with Jeco and obviously Aguero. At the start of last season, Negredo was incredible coming into them three right. as a three, getting four. David Silva was, you know, doing what he could. They lost, what was it, Villa away, Cardiff away, and at Chelsea in a very consecutive period. Right. All games Joe they Hart made big mistakes mm. in, yeah? yeah? yeah. That looked yeah. The, the only reason why they weren't going to win the title. And it was a big debate whether Joe Hart was going to be in the team. Right. Or well, he would he be sacrificed? Yeah, mm. and he lost his place, and would he get it back? To the remaining This year, Joe Hart's right. played, played really well. I don't think you can question Joe Hart at all. But the rest of the team, there's been certain individuals. Obviously, Negredo's not there now, and Jovetic has come in, and done okay. I've got to be honest, I think the Carling Cup selection was uh, shocked me. When I saw it, I was thinking, you're playing Man United on the Sunday, and it's cost you David Silva. And also, company's gone within that... A period in between as well, the interim period. So I, I couldn't quite get it. And I, I don't know why. It just feels like everybody's looking over everybody's shoulder waiting for someone else to do something. Do you know what I mean? When you someone's going to get us out of the jail, which one is it? And well, at the moment, it's only Aguero. And that's it. Zabaleta's not quite as good as he was. And also, for the record, we should point out, uh, Aguero clearly handled the ball for yeah. one of his goals. So. First one, yeah. yeah, and I think Pellegrini is struggling. I really think he's struggling to, to cope with... The negativity around the team. I think he's struggling to to get his best player back to their best form, apart from Aguero. And I think he's he, he can't find a solution. And I think that's a massive problem. I don't think they play as a team. And like we said about Chelsea and Mourinho, if your team is not playing as well, at least make them play together. Let's make play for each other, yeah. and let's make <coughs> let's let them make strong collectively. And against QPR, collectively they were terrible. It, it's it's funny though because I I looked at this and. You know, sometimes when you have all these experienced players on the bench, sometimes you know the logical thing is to bring them in. But I wonder some of their some of their injuries. Like, okay, I know Kolarov can be hit or miss, but now that Kolarov is out, it means you must play Klichy, which can be really good or really really bad. I don't think the guy was made to <laughs> to, to play three games in a row. Nastasic, I think he was a great player if he's there. Obviously, he's out of the mix. So. You know, you, you're either terrified by Mangal or terrified by company. And to, to bring Lampard on when you two went down to save you <laughs> just shows you how in trouble they are. Because if you um, go on Lampard, who's been out for two weeks with an hamstring problem, and you say, please, do something again to save us, it means that it's really, really, really bad. But then again, there's an international break coming up, so he can go and rest for another <laughs> two weeks before he needs to yeah. come back. Um, save them again uh, exactly. in a couple of weeks. <laughs> QPR... Right, we were all laughing at, at Harry and, and Tony Fernandez and whatever. Can we celebrate? Can we celebrate Charlie Austin and his beard? Yeah. And I mean, he does not look. He doesn't even really look like a footballer. He looks like you know somebody yeah. who should be behind the bar somewhere. He's got a terrible habit, isn't he? <laughs> he's got a terrible habit. He keeps scoring goals. He and, does, yeah. and you know he's not. It's impossible not to like him. Yeah, he, he's not particularly great in the air. He's not. You see the goal he scored key. against Chelsea. Have you yeah. ever scored a goal no. like that? Have you? Have you? Um, have you, have you scored a flying... No, the back heel. Oh, the back heel. No, of course I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I imagine you're, you're somewhat Charlie Austin-esque, right? No, but... Yeah, uh, but... You never had a beard, though, did you? I was... Well, I was exceptional in the air. And what I'm trying to say is Charlie's... He's not even he's good more, in the air. No. He's not bad in the air. <laughs> he's not 
technically he's he's he's, he's okay. He's not a I wouldn't say he's a, a genius around, but he's got lots of good habits. He's a one touch and two touch finisher, which I love. I've always loved people who score goals with the minimum amount, uh, you know, chance to get getting a shot or a header, and. Look, let's face it, QPR have gone back to ABC football, just basics. Now, go turn two down the middle, their midfield. Look at their midfield. They're just, you know, athletic runners, well, make it difficult. Sandra, uh, Sandra, you say, Omri, you, you say that, but they played two strikers plus Edu Vargas yeah. against Manchester City. I think that's actually, you know, a pretty progressive, gambly type. Yeah, but what I was trying to say is that lots of times they're going to Zamora, aren't they, Gab? And that game plan is allowing players around them to push up the field and and just make it difficult to who I think Harry's looks at City and thought, they're a bit of a soft touch, City. I'll I'll give it. We'll we'll ask a few questions of them because they're they're a bit soft touch. It's a horrible night. It's pouring down with rain. Let's see how much they fancy it. Let's go back to just being a, a pretty basic style. All right, QPR to stay up. Percentage chances, please, Clive. If they carry on in the vein they are at the moment, yes. I mean, it was... It was well, it yeah, if, if, if my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. I mean, right now, how likely is that? If we're saying right now, then, yeah, they can probably stay up. Well, give me a percentage chance. <laughs> no, because my math is terrible. Oh. Let's say, say 50. 50. <laughs> yeah. By the way, just on, on one thing, we go back, we're talking about basics. What about Richard Dunn? He was at Man City, how many years ago? Six years ago? Seven years ago? He was by far the best centre-half on display on the night. He was like, wow, this was a guy who was dropped in the early part of the season and has now come in and he looks an absolute colossus. And uh, OK, Aguero scored some goals, but I thought Dunny's performance typified QBR. So in our debate this week, this is an issue that I actually feel <laughs> passionate about. <laughs> The European Union allows for the free movement of, of labor, which is the free movement of people for the purpose of employment. The Premier League has embraced that. In the Premier League, you'll find players from all over the world. You'll find managers from all over the world. You'll find team doctors and, and, and physios like Eva from all over the world. You'll find top club executives from all over the world. I mean, you look at, you look at Manchester City, for example, and... You know, Haldun's from the Emirate, Emirates or wherever he's from. Uh, Glick is American. Uh, Ferran Soriano's Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Exactly. But there is one area, one area where you still have the worst kind of protectionism. The Premier League must have English refs. They cannot have, in all practical terms, foreign refs. They cannot hire who they want to officiate the games. I think this is A, grossly unfair, and B, if you have the best league or one of the best leagues in the world, shouldn't you have the best refs? Shouldn't you be free to go and choose the guys you think are the best refs? Is that just a Premier League thing? I mean, you know. No, it's not just the Premier League, it's every league it's in the every world. Every league in the world. Because basically, referees are effectively their cabal, right? So yeah. every country talks about how great their referees are and how good they are at forming them. And right now, I mean, you, you can change countries, right? So let's say you're, you're, you're Damir Skamina or something and you, if you, if you wanted to go and referee in the Premier League, it'd be one of two things. I mean, you can bring in foreign referees on a one-off. They've done that in the past. Or uh, what he would most likely have to do is he would have to deregister from his national FA, which means he'd no longer get to officiate in the Champions League and uh, in European games. World Cups and stuff, man. Yeah, and he'd have to go and join the, um, the, the English refereeing pyramid probably at the lowest tier, and work his way up, which is obviously idiotic. Listen, 
the referees in France are rubbish. They're probably the worst <laughs> in the whole of Europe. I would love if our league would say, yeah, let's get, you know, at least try to get better referees from abroad to come in. I just don't think it's, it's I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's I don't think it's it's possible to for the Premier League to be able to get the referees they want to to pay them and to to take them away from from other leagues, you know what? Imagine them getting three. How or do we? Four yeah. How do we Spanish cherry pick this? Because it, it isn't right. from league to from league to league. So you know, as you say, the the French league is going to start saying, "Well, you know, why doesn't our league deserve to have the best?" You know, the Spanish league is going to say, well, "Every league should be allowed to do this." So yeah, but so the one yeah, who's so to pay the most get yeah, the best referees. Gets the referees, isn't it? So is that, the ones who pay the most get the best players. I mean, so what's the problem? Well, I mean, it's, it's not already always. Happened. Yeah, not but always. it's not right. Not always. Not always. Because who? Who what the leagues will pay to get the clubs will play the referees to come and, and referee their game or the leagues will pay the best referees to come? Sorry, sorry, Julian. The way it works now, right, is you have the PGMOL, which is run by uh, a nice man, mate Mike Riley, former <laughs> referee. What what they do is they look at all the referees in the football league. They look at the referees they had who, who officiated for them in the Premier League last year, and they decide, okay, we want these sixteen guys, and they go to them and they say, we'll pay you this much to be Premier League referees this year. That's how it works. So what I'm saying is, and, and they're constantly evaluating and assessing, right? So they find guys in the Football League or better guys they have or whatever, they can hire them. Uh, if somebody says, oh, yeah, I'll come do it, but, you know, they can even negotiate contracts with them. So all I'm saying is, why not give Mike Riley and his crew the freedom to go and, and, and say, you know what, if there's, a, if there's a referee, especially a referee from a, a small country with a crappy league. I've just got one little issue that sort of bothers me is that if you're saying that all these referees can come in from everywhere, say if t- we, we take it they're going to go as a group, are they? Officials, they're going to go as a referee and their, their linesman and their fourth official as well. They're going to go as a group all the time. Or are they just going to be individuals that go to each? Well, whatever Mike Riley well, thinks is better. First I, of I, all, don't ga- I don't see how it matters. <laughs> no, it yeah. does matter because I'll tell you for why. Is if, you go to, if you send, I don't know, Clattenburg to France, well, first of all, he doesn't speak French, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So you're going to send ma- referees to, to grounds in other countries where they don't speak the language of the players. And so the when, players so are expected to so speak sorry, English So do you, you think when, when Martin Atkinson referees a game between Dinamo Tbilisi and North Coping, do you think he speaks Georgian or, or <laughs> no, Norwegian? No, what kind no, of an I, argument is that? No, no, <laughs> I don't. No, but I do think it's a bigger problem, Gab. In club football, you know, you're taking all these groups of people who don't speak you the language. You would take that under... Sorry, if I'm it, sorry, but you take that under... First of, first of all, the vast majority of... of, of of high standard referees, international referees, speak some semblance of English. Yeah, second of the all, best ones do. That's part of. Second the job. of all, you would, you, you would take that under advisement. Obviously, if you think, oh, this guy's a good referee, but he doesn't like, he doesn't like English people, or he doesn't speak English, or he freaks out when it starts to rain because he comes from Saudi Arabia, then obviously you don't hire that dude. Right. Well, so it's going to be the same cartel of pl- uh, referees. Then you're going to have a group, just a small group. You're going to give the freedom to the, the Referees Association It'd be the same do guys who's doing the Champions League, won't it, then? You'll be maybe. getting... Sa- well, that's you, 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 you would try, out. but maybe some of those guys might be like, no, actually, I'm Spanish. I'd rather referee Real Madrid and Barcelona than, than come here and, and deal with Hull and, and Burnley. I mean, or, I'd, or I've got a family. I don't want to move them to England. But I, I, think, I think it's especially an issue when we talk about representation because the reality is if you... And we've seen some of the best referees in the past have actually come from very small nations, yeah. right? And, I mean, the famous guy, Alan Hammer, who was a referee from Luxembourg, he had to move to Belgium and he got his whole special dispensation to referee at a slightly mm. higher level because 
you've got these guys who, A, they can't make a living off it because their league might be crappy, and B, they may be very good referees, but they, they go and officiate a bunch of numpties where the game is slower and less skillful every week, and then we complain when they, when they officiate international football, and they're like, oh, why do we get a referee from, uh, from Macedonia instead of somebody from Germany, right? And that's just not mm. fair, is mm. it? I agree with that, yeah. All right, so I win. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's a counter-argument. Moving on to quick hits, and you know what? In, in the, with the fact that I am ill and in my drug-induced delirium last night, I forgot to include the other club from Manchester, the one that plays at Old Trafford. I don't think we've mentioned them once, yeah. and they're not in quick hits. Now, obviously, yeah. as you know by law, since they are the biggest club in the world, we do need a mention of them. Uh, yeah, that's true. So Juan Mata came off the bench to save Manchester United at the weekend against the mighty Crystal Palace. Gav, is Juan Mata the man to save the season as well? I think longer term, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I don't think so, because I'm not sure he's a, he's a natural fit for, for what Van Hal wants to do. But I thought you know, United took a million shots on goal, and um, I thought they were value for the win, even before him. Thank you, Julian, for taking over with me, because, of course, we couldn't have a show without mentioning Manchester United. So let's move on to the real quick hits. Burnley get their first win of the season, 1-0 against Hull. Cass, tell me what needs to happen for Sean Dyche's men to stay up. And also, do you have a funny story from playing against them? Do you ever no. play against them? No. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, what do they need to stay up? Um, they need to play against Hull every week for a start because Hull were awful. I think getting Vokes back will be a big plus for Burnley. Um, togetherness, pulling the same direction, that's their biggest chance, but I sincerely don't think they will make it. Boyan was supposed to be the heir to Leo Messi before he's lost his way, but against Spurs, he turned on the style. Julian, did that goal make you think of what might have been and maybe still could be, or did you just think it was just lucky? No, what more what still could be. He's only 24, turned 24 in August. I think the heir of Stoke is, is good for him, and uh, the best is yet to come. Spurs were terrible. Absolutely awful. <laughs> Clive, who are you blaming the most right now? Well, in no particular order, let's go... Uh, Daniel Levy, uh, Mr. Baldini, Daniel Levy, Pochettino for making Kabul captain, and he's basically not captain material, and uh, Daniel Levy. <laughs> All right, so Kyle Norton gets away scot-free. Oh, well, he just, yeah, I mean, he did, it was his good moment, he gave away a foul, and he got sent off. I mean, that was, that's not the worst crime that was committed on that pitch by a long way. Yes. I mean, you know, Fazio, I'm starting a campaign, oh I'm starting a campaign, he got sent off the other week and got a three-match ban, we want it extended. <laughs> <laughs> another week, another Southampton win, Shane Long's two late goals beating down Leicester. Cass, can your countrymen help Saints stay in the top four? Bookies now seem to believe it will happen. Yeah, I can see them. And um, Shane's one of them players. He's a bit of an impact. And he changes games. He, he's always a hungry, willing runner. And I know I think it's a great player to have in, in as a squad because he'll push other forwards, whether it's Tadic or Mane. He'll push them for fighting for their shirts. Newcastle have now won five in a row in all competitions. And they beat West Brom with a bead in midfield and Tyler Dummett having to play centre-back. Julian... You can't even give credit to the French guys here because there weren't that many on the pitch. What's your explanation for Pards' revival? And will you join the world in a collective apology? So there were four Frenchmen at kickoff, so it's, it's still part of us if they're having that revival. And I think they're just togetherness, a bit of luck, and the momentum they gained from that League Cup game, that made it more than Pards himself. You're still not going to credit Pardew. No Poor Pards. <laughs> Never. The FA Cup began in earnest on Friday. Insanely, our producer, Dave McGuire, wanted us to devote a whole section to it. 
Clive, it will be a while before the big boys come in, but you can catch the highlights on the Times website. Am I right? You can indeed. Every go. So, really, even from like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the muddy... Like from the muddy... No one's, no one's muddy anymore. Right, yeah, they hurt for days ago, and they're all great pitches now, unfortunately. So, I thought you might want to take the next 20 seconds or so and share your greatest ever... FA Cup memory. No, it would take far longer than twenty seconds, uh, and they'd all be about <laughs> the one team, and they'd go so far in the back, in the midst of time that we probably, you know, I'd be the only one. Who, me and Cavs would be the only ones who remember them. <laughs> but the thing I like about the FA Cup, and so we don't have to go back that far, is that uh, especially this round, is that it is those underdogs, the small clubs, have their moment in the limelight, and and they're allowed to dream. So if we go back to even two years, I like the fact that Wigan lifting that cup is brilliant. Uh, go back to the Wimbledon moment of 88 brilliant but sorry Kaz it shouldn't be allowed if we're going to be Millwall and get there and stink the place out for an entire day in the hope that you don't get beat but the FA Cup the very match of the Cup little guys have their day brilliant question for you Gav big match in Ligue 1 this weekend PSG against Marseille why don't we have a little chat about it sure rather than me just lecturing you about it given that uh, you, you obviously know more about this than I do I think it's fascinating how we had uh, El Clasico and Dear Classiker and Le Classique. Is this a real thing? It like, is. I know it's obviously the big, but, but you actually have called it Le Classique. Yeah. Because Dear Classiker is a totally made up Bundesliga recent marketing thing. Oh, Le Classique as well. But Le Classique, c'est chic. Very chic. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was basically the collective versus, and, and Marseille, had they maybe been at full strength with, with Roman, whatever, might have been better. But I, 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 I thought it was a collective against PSG's individuals, and obviously PSG have better individuals. Am yeah, I right? That's a good point. Very good point. And pretty much reopens the title race, obviously. Yeah, still. Good point again. <laughs> what do you make of Bielsa? Do you think on on a long term like on on a season, the way he asks his players to play that sort of high pressing, man marking, intensity game can last or it will last six months and then they'll be shattered by <laughs> by February? Well it's it's extremely taxing, and I think, I mean, we saw it obviously with, with Bilbao as well. That has been the knock against him. What I don't understand is why he doesn't rotate more if you know that it's going to take so much out of your, uh, out of your players. And, you know, the four or five guys they have on the bench, there isn't a huge gap between them and, and the starting mm-hmm. 11. In certain situations, give guys a breather. Um, but I don't think there's any discussion or argument with Bielsa. Bielsa does what Bielsa wants, right? Yeah, That's why exactly. he's a local. Right. So I guess that's all we've got time for this week. Now, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes and Player FM, please do so immediately. Many, many thanks to my guest today, Clive Petty, who, of course, come, came in from very far away. Where did you come in? Was it <laughs> coming from very far away? It just seems like it. It just takes a very long time. Where do you time. live? Yeah, from, uh, it depends whether I want to sell my house. If it's, if it's in mid-Bedfordshire, sometimes it's in Hertfordshire. Uh, now, you can check out thetimes.co.uk. Members get exclusive football, rugby, and cricket highlights free as part of your subscriptions. You also get FA Cup highlights, which is which is pretty cool, right, Clive? It's uh, the coolest thing in football at this moment in time, yeah. Except for the Times' exclusive Premier League Except highlights. for the Premier League highlights. But they're, they're coming back in a couple of weeks. If you know, it's going to be a break. Get your fix off the FA Cup goals. Fantastic. Now, if you're not a member yet, remember, you can pay one pound and uh, take our digital trial today. Just search for Time Sport Online. We're going to be back next week. Bye-bye. Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away.
Hi, I'm Tim Montgomery, the presenter of another Times podcast from the opinion pages called Did You Read? It's the perfect weekly snapshot of some of the best writing in the newspaper. Find out more by heading to thetimes.co.uk slash comment central and search Did You Read? to subscribe on iTunes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.